Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death, your favorite horror of history podcast about couples. I imagine there's more than just us out there. I don't know. Anyway, I'm Cindy. I'm Josh. Yay! Each month we pick a theme. We watch movies about that theme, and Josh tries to educate me a little bit more and each time. Well, that's the underlying clause, isn't it? Yep. Anyway, I'm trying to get your teacher pension that I'm actually not entitled to. So I'm trying to get your children your teacher pension. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You're welcome. Uh, this month we are doing uh, people inspired by. I almost said T.S. Eliot. That'd be way wrong. H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft. I get where it's the two T-S-H-P. Yeah, very different. What if it was? It was just all like J. Alfred Prufrock and cats. Anywho, we've done, uh, let's see, we did Professor X, or the man with the X-ray eyes. We've done... This ought to be good. Mm, watching you try to remember. Watching you try to remember. Into the... No, wait, that was actually H.P. Lovecraft Month. What we what we do? Tell the people, Josh. Into Darkness. Thank you. In the Mouth of Madness. Okay, X, the man with X-ray eyes. I don't like keep calling it Dr. X. There is a horror film called Dr. X. I'm getting Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. confused. But I don't know why you would have any frame of reference for it other than the fact that it appears in the opening theme song to Rocky Horror Picture Show. And probably that is ingrained somewhere deep in the I believe that the line is, and Dr. X will build a creature. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, today's the end of the month. Well, not when we're recording this. We're recording this from the past. The past. It's currently 1977, and Star Wars just came out. Where we're no. Um, <laughs> we're recording. We're trying to get this done a little early because. We got a shitload of schoolwork to do. Yeah, it's coming up on finals for graduate school as well as regular school for my uh, job. So it's just been plus sports and Boy Scouts and events and people coming back from the pandemic. It's a lot. So we're trying to get ahead of the curve. We sure are. Speaking of getting ahead of the curve, Event Horizon. I was going to (laughs) say, tell me about Event Horizon. Uh, Released. August 15th, 1997. Okay. It is rated R, and it is one hour and 36 minutes long, which is significantly cut down from its original runtime. What was its original runtime? Like two and a half hours or something like that. That's significantly but, different here, Yeah, right? we'll talk about that a little bit. <laughs> Probably moment? on the back half. Okay. That's the whole thing of why uh-huh. this movie was cut down. Okay. Um, so this movie came out in 1997. That was the a few weeks before the beginning of my senior year of high school. How about you? Uh, I was in, I was in high school, but not as a high schooler. I was in junior high then, right? Six. That was the start of 97-98. Maybe I'm really bad at this math thing. <laughs> and memory, yeah. And, yeah, of that graceful, uh, wonderful time that actually, was high school. As much as I don't know where I was in 1997, I can tell you where the world was in 1997. That's yeah, only because you have a little cheat sheet right there. Okay, go ahead. What you got? Um, that was the year that Bill Clinton was sworn in. That was the year that uh, Daft Punk released their first album. <laughs> That's what you got it confused with. Yeah, I totally understand. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. was murdered. Yeah. Pokemon debuted. 
Yeah. Timothy McVeigh was convicted of 15 counts of murder and sentenced to death. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first WNBA game occurred, and the first Harry Potter book was published. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. I didn't realize how... Hello, 1997. I, I knew... I've always known that I was too old for the Harry Potter. I didn't realize how old I was when it first came out. Do you mm-hmm. know? I, I guess I just assumed I was in high school and missed it. But it was gosh, didn't come out until my senior year, so I definitely missed it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it. Like, I think they built. I don't think it was a thing where the first one came out and suddenly it was Harry Potter. Yeah, I think you're like, right. It for had sure. a groundswell. For uh, sure. People that were born in 1997 were yeah, make like, me feel old. Chloe Grace Moretz. Simone Biles, Maisie Williams, and Malala Yousafzai. Wow. Yeah. That's a very powerful year, I, 1997. Yeah. People that died that year? Here Allen Ginsberg. Yeah. Robert Mitchum. Mitchum. Jimmy Stewart. Oh, I didn't. Hmm, go mm-hmm. ahead. John Denver. Yeah, that was weird. Toshira Mifune. Don't know. And Princess Diana. You're damn straight she did. And it was... A dark, dark day. Yeah, and the new word of that year was emoji. Emoji. I wonder why. Oh, Hello, I guess. emoji. Yeah, that was AOL days. Yep. Oh, we already had sideways. ICQ. Yes, yes, we did. I, AOL. I remember AOL became a thing because. ICQ had like you had to remember it was like, like a, a ten, string of ten digits. Yeah, it was like a ten-digit number. Like, nope, not gonna remember this. And mm, AOL was like, "How about we just did. let you pick a name?" It's like, yeah, please, yes, please. Thank you. I'll be Bratson nine eight, which is what mine was. It was set up by my older sister, in case you couldn't tell. Cool. Mine was Josh Sepp rules. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Josh Sepp rules. All one word. You're welcome, motherfuckers. Were you at AOL.com? Nope. And that's the end of that conversation? Okay. Um, I think my first email address was at Mail.com. Interesting. Okay. It was a server and it was email.com, but you went to it. It was actually Mail.com. Are you sure you weren't just M-A-L- signing up on like a porn site? M-A-L-E.com. Maybe. You're trying to tell me something? This is the wrong way to do it. Let's talk about Event Horizon. Okay. The director of this surprisingly good movie... Is Paul Rudd W. S. Anderson not to be with Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah, not Paul Thomas Anderson. This is not made by the man who gave us "There Will Be Blood" and Magnolia. This is directed by the man who gave us the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie Whoa. and all of the Resident Evil movies. <laughs> it's so funny to me that you know that how many Paul Andersons there must have been in the Directors Guild in order for it to be Paul W. S. Yeah. Anderson. Paul W. S. Anderson, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. <laughs> this was written by Philip Eisner, who okay. wrote the Mutant Chronicles, and it Eisner. it actually got an uncredited polish boop, boop, by Andrew Kevin Walker, who wrote seven. <laughs> oh. Like by himself seven. Like seven sprung from his head fully forward. Gross. Like, wow. So that's guy that guy's um, a person yeah andy kevin walker is a person yikes so this movie while having a very short runtime interesting and mixed pedigree of writers filmmakers (laughs) um it does have a really interesting cast that i think you're going to know several of the cast members oh that's cool yeah this movie like i said is way better than it should be 
Like, it's it's a good time. It's, like, a really good time. All right. (laughs) Um, How could I have missed it in my good time 1997? I don't know. I'm actually surprised you've never heard of this movie. I've heard of it. Like, I'm aware that it's a movie. That's about it. Mm. Uh, How about for the lead is Lawrence Fishburne. Okay. As Captain Miller... He is two years shy of probably his most defining role in the Matrix movies. Okay. Yeah. So this was about two years prior to, what was his character in the Matrix? Uh, Nor, Nor, Morpheus. <laughs> Norbit. <laughs> Norbit. 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 Morpheus. Norbit. Morpheus, that's it. <laughs> so there you go. Second banana, number two. <laughs> banana number two. Uh, because we've already talked about it in this month. How about some Sam Neill action? Yeah. All right, I'll take some Sam Neill. Dr. William Weir. He, like, <laughs> if you didn't listen to our In the Mouth of Madness episode, then why? You would know him from Jurassic Park. Yeah. In the Mouth of Madness. <laughs> and episode, what, 101? The Hunt for the Wilder People. Love that movie. In short, I love Sam Neill. Yeah, he's a good time. Most things he's done. Kathleen Quinlan plays Peters the Med Tech. Okay. She was in Apollo 13. She's in. Breakdown with Kurt Russell. She was in The Doors. Cool. Another person we've recently watched in a movie, Jolie Richardson, plays Lieutenant Stark. She was in Nip Tuck. She was the mom in The Collar Out of Space. Okay. Oh, then yeah, I do know her. her, like, studio space. Yeah, and her, uh... (laughs) Uh, For her her accounting. And her weird, smooshed self with her son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Richard T. Jones is Cooper. He was in Vantage Point Phone Booth. Jason Isaacs plays a character named DJ, and you know who he is. I do? You know the whole world knows who he is, because 1997 was a very important year for him, but not because of this movie, but because Harry Potter was written and released, and he went on to fame playing Lucius Malfoy. Okay, but he doesn't have the long hair, because the long hair was a wig that he decided to wear. It was his choice. Yeah. That's he's what also, he brought to the table. He's also the back. He's also the bad guy in the Mel Gibson movie, The Patriot. Yes, he is. But he's wearing a wig in that one, and I don't think that was a choice. I think that was just historically accurate. No, there's literally nothing about that movie that's historically accurate. No, I know. It ends in my head. I haven't seen it in a long time, but in my head, it ends. It ends with Mel Gibson. Stabbing him to death with an American flag. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Except it's not Mel Gibson, it's George Washington who does it. He's not, yeah. he's not George, he's plays the um, No, I know who he is. I've seen Fox, the movie. But... I've seen the movie often because I grew up right outside historic Philadelphia. <sighs> and uh, revolutionary shenanigans are drilled into my head. And I've watched the movie and I enjoy it, but you can't, it's nothing to do with the American Revolution. Although it's a, it's... Mm. Mm. It's uh, problematic. <laughs> it's at best problematic. Yeah. So this movie also has Sean Pertwee playing Smith. He was in an episode way back where he was the sergeant in Dog Soldiers. Oh, I won't remember that. I remember Dog Soldiers. Like he, remember he was the really nice sergeant who got attacked and then turned into a werewolf. Wasn't he the one who I found out? was in bed out. for most of the time. Oh, was he the one that was from the TV show Once Upon a Time? I don't think so. Continue. No, you're thinking of, thinking of the Rumble back of Ravenous. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm getting that confused. That's a 
Holy shit, that's back our first month of podcasting. Look, I don't understand how my brain works, but I can tell you it does. And the last person I'm going to mention is a character named Jack Noseworthy. He oh, knows. Sorry, it. not a character, a human being named Jack Noseworthy. He knows it's worthy. Uh, who plays Justin. He was in the movie Alive. Never right? saw it. The plane crash. I know. Oh, yeah. they eat each other. Everybody knows it and has referenced it. But has never seen it. I've never seen yeah. it. Not interested. Um, let me throw some trivia at you before we watch this bad I'd like boy. to catch it, please. The trivia, not cannibalism. Both. In case people were both. Uh, so Paul, Ta- or God, I said it. Don't you time. say it. So Paul W. S. Anderson turned down. Are you ready for this? Yes. The X Files movie, the first X Men movie, and Alien Resurrection to direct this movie. Now, okay, I have heard of those movies. I've not really heard too much about this one. So I guess it wasn't, those weren't wise choices, huh? Mm, I mean, I would say I like this movie more than those. Okay. So I'm, I'm glad he made this movie. And remind me and I'll give you my summation after. So from green light to film completion was 10 months. <laughs> That's crazy. Like this from the studio going. To the premiere. Make it. To them being like, it's fucking done. It's never was good. ten months. Ne- those are never good. And the reason that this movie even happened, because they owned the script and had zero interest in making it. They're like, we don't really want to Let make me this. guess. Now, this is going to... I'm revealing my hand a little bit for our next segment where I have to figure out the plot of the movie based upon a poster. However, there was a string of end-of-the-world movies... That were coming out then. We had Armageddon, and then the movie that Armageddon was based on that's better than as Elijah Wood. What movie is that? Is it Elijah Wood? Huh. No, what's that movie? It's like the exact same plot as yeah, Armageddon. I can't remember. And they remember. both keep Pacific. No, that's not right. It's um, it's the one with Morgan Freeman where yes. he's like president. Yes. And that's a much better movie than Armageddon. But Armageddon's a lot more romantic, so I get why it was a more commercial success. But anyway, like all those kind of movies started coming out. It was almost how, um, like in the early 2000s, when as soon as everyone liked Twilight, there were like a million different teen Mm. vampire type things. It was almost like end of world apocalypse movies were a big deal in the late 90s. I I mean, which makes sense because we were dealing with uh, the millennium and all that. Okay. What if I told you that the reason that this movie got made was because of James Cameron and Titanic? Oh, that changes everything, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) That's a thing. So Paramount planned to release Titanic in July of 1997. But because of James Cameron being James Cameron, it was delayed. Yeah. (laughs) Because he just kept shooting to December. So they were like, crap. Okay, fuck it. We're losing Titanic to December. So they bumped a movie, I cannot remember which one, from August. To the 4th of July weekend, because it was already like a blockbuster that they thought would make money. All right. And so they had a spot that was open in August. Pull something off the shelf. Let's do this. And they were like, um, we, we're going to make it. We need something to fill this spot. And Paul W. Paul W. Sanderson was like, I can make this movie before that time frame to fit that spot. And, and they were like, done. Does, okay. And again, so, afterwards, remind me, I'll tell you if you did a good job. If this know. movie, this movie does not happen if Titanic doesn't go over. Thank you, James shooting. Cameron. So, that's a thing. 
<laughs> Jimmy. Yeah. So post-production was four weeks long, and <laughs> Anderson and the post crew worked seven days a week, multiple uh, like 10, 12-hour days. That's against unions. To edit and finish the film effects and have it out in time to hit the release date. Is it obvious? Like, oh, this was... Okay. Okay. I'm going to say this because I feel like I always need to preface this whenever we talk about movies from the late 80s on. This is a 90s horror film. So. So. There is going to be some sketchy CG. Gotcha. Okay. So it be is prepared. not like terrible. This movie's not cheaply made. It's not like, oh but my the god, it's just so bad there it's good. Yet. There are just some times in this movie where, where a Toy Story 1 works effect. and the effects don't. Yeah. Right? Agreed. Okay. By agreed, I mean like, yes. Yeah. I remember that time. I was always told, no, not always, but I have been told to compare it to Toy Story because if you if you went and saw the first Toy Story. Like <laughs> Event Horizon. Well, no. Told like, you the, compare Event Horizon as far to as Toy Story. <laughs> technology. Like, holy if shit. You went, if you're my age and you went and saw Toy Story in the, mo- in the first one in the movie theater, there were definitely times that you were like, oh my gosh, no, this can't be a computer. This has to be real. This has to have been really shot. But there were still some things that were obviously a computer. And then, but if you were to look at Toy Story 1 now, you're like, oh God, (laughs) it's like a cartoon. So it's, the technology kind of follows DreamWorks and Disney, I suppose. There are a lot of practical effects in this. And the practical effects are really good. As a matter of fact, the practical effects were so good that that's a reason that they cut a lot of this movie down. Okay. Spoiler alert. The original cut was too violent. Oh, too violent. The studio was like, there is no fucking way. (laughs) We are not doing this. Like, they were sure it would get like an X. Okay. No. And we're watching that cut? No, that does not exist. Gotcha. That footage is gone. Okay. Uh, Scream Factory released a Blu-ray a month ago, and I bought it. And I was super hoping that they'd somehow found the footage like they did for Nightbreed. Because I was all about that shit. But they did not. But it does. Apparently, it does. One person has, a, like, the film uncut. But he will apparently, from what I understand, not let anyone use Is it. Is that Paul W.S. Anderson? No, it's like a producer. And I'm like, just let us fucking see it. Let us decide. Just let us fucking see it. Don't censure our eyes. Okay, so this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original movie poster from the film, and I try to determine the plot. So, Event Horizon, 1997. I'm at the Morristown Mall. I probably have on a flannel. Let's see. Infinite space, infinite terror. Event Horizon. Okay, I'm going to say that this is... A spaceship movie. The name of the ship is the Event Horizon. Yes and yes. <laughs> and, well, I can see that in the poster. Um, I'm going to say that it's a, <laughs> a horror movie. It's, if it, it's like if I were to take Wally and turn it into a horror movie. Like, all the humans are on board, like, a space, and they don't even realize, like, they think they're on vacation, but everything's crap because Earth is totally polluted and awful. And... Things happen, I guess. Somehow there has to be like space creatures involved, so I'm like sure that's something. Time. 
I think it's gonna be like Love Boat mixed with Wally plus Terror. Okay. <laughs> Long pause. Let's, okay. Uh, let's go see how well you did on the guest there. Yay! All right, off we go. Join us, won't you? Event Horizon. Mind the doors. This morning, TDRS picked up an automated navigation beacon broadcasting at two-minute intervals in Neptune orbit. Neptune orbit. This is incredible. It's the event horizon. She's come back. The event horizon is the culmination of a secret government project to create a spacecraft capable of faster-than-light flight. The ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. Where has she been for the last seven years, Doctor? That's what we're here to find out. After seven years in deep space... There were 18 people on board this ship when it disappeared. I want them all accounted for. Opening outer door. It came back abandoned. Any crew? Negative. This place is a tomb. But it didn't come back alone. Captain Miller! I've got some problems here! This ship has been beyond the boundaries of our universe. Who knows where it's been? And what it's brought back with it. Did you hear that? What is it? This ship is reacting to us and the reactions are getting stronger. What are you telling me? That this ship is alive? Oh. I have such wonderful things to show you. Oh my god! It knows my secrets. <laughs> it knows my fears. Vacate, I want off this ship. I can't leave. She won't let you. Hey guys, welcome back from watching Event Horizon. What did everybody think? I like this one a lot. I really love this movie, and I'm kind of sad that it became a cult movie. I, I don't know why it wasn't a bigger yeah. film upon its release. That was my that was my immediate thought too. Was like this is a decent movie. It had decent graphics. I saw what you meant at the beginning, where they were kind of trying to show the gravity. That some of the CGI, you're like, oh, that's cartoonish. But yeah. the gore and the horror element was spot on, I thought. And this is kind of, like I said at the beginning, um, the perfect time to watch this movie with the new Mortal Kombat movie that just Mortal came out. Kombat. Because the director of this, Paul W.O. Sanderson, made the now beloved 90s Mortal Kombat. It's so weird. Like I remember it everyone hating a... that movie when it came out. They're like, this movie's okay. I think it got a resurgent because of how did this get made, honestly. I mean, it was heavily reviewed, and it kind of made everybody revisit it and be like, this movie really was terrible in a fun way. Yeah, it's better than the Street Fighter movie with Sean Club and Dave. So what is Street Fighter? Okay, that's, sorry, that's a totally different mm-hmm. podcast that we're not <laughs> on. This movie was about. This was Stargate meets 
I don't know if it's love. So a ship uses a false black hole to travel beyond Neptune and it disappears. And then 30 years later, it reappears and a new ship goes out to inspect it and, you know, see what happened there. That's my summary. You got two facts wrong. Let me just fix this real fast. It's not a fake black hole. It, It creates an actual black hole. Okay. Uh, and well, two, it's, but it's not a naturally it, forming, so it's, it's a false seven one. years, not 30. Why did Granny get 30 for him? Oh, well. Because um, Sam Neill's wife, he would have been incredibly old. <laughs> oh, dang, that's a good point. Yeah, I remember like, that's a his good wife point. is the reason So Sam Neill is the guy who uh, designed the ship. And um, so I suppose engineering is the better word for it. He figured out how to engineer you know, all these different things to create a ship that can travel through to whatever's on the other side of the black hole. And, of course, chaos ensues when you try to reach beyond your bounds. Yeah. How, what, what was the two movies you, com- you compared this? You were like... Stargate. Stargate meets Lovecraft? Meets Lovecraft. Stargate meets um, Star Trek. Like, if they merged worlds... I think no. I think it's more Alien. Alien meets Stargate. Okay. Uh, this movie it's... was pitched as The Shining in space. Yeah, I can see that because it is all kind of in your mind. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's how it was actually pitched. The uh... I- IMDb synopsis oh, yeah, is a rescue crew, the the Lewis and Clark. I did like the name of that boat. Investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. I liked the idea that the alien, quote, quote, air quotes there, was, um, like, it was the ship. You know, it became, like, the the ship was the alien. If that makes any sense. Well, Ooh, we got some lightning, lightning and thunder. Thunder and lightning. So if you hear it, that's what you're hearing. Ooh, it's like you predicted it. Yeah. Listen to that, listener. I think we should just go ahead and say now that the ship, when it goes... Oh, it goes to, like... Hole, it, basically, it does the Interstellar. Like, Interstellar is a movie Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey. stole the almost the exact same description of space travel for its movie from this movie. The idea of, like, a black hole creates two points and you move simultaneously between them. Like, you bend space-time. Like Dune. And you boop, boop. Um, But what happens is, in the interim, when you go from point A to point B, you essentially, in this universe, go to hell. Yeah. Like, you go through, I don't know if it's, like, the traditional Judeo-Christian hell, or it's, like, an alternate dimension that is just awful. Hellraiser. Yeah. This movie is very Hellraiser. Yeah. Okay, I think it's Hellraiser yeah. meets Stargate. To the point... Meets Star Trek. Sorry. It's so Hellraiser that the filmmakers met with Clive Barker and got him to kind of walk them through like some designs for the ship. So did he get a credit? I don't think so, but he got some money. Okay. And well, hey. I think they also kind of based it on some of his paintings. Yeah. The to, Also, the, the machine... I forget what it's called in the movie that makes the gravity and mm-hmm. whatnot. It was intentionally redesigned by the director to resemble the cube, the lament configuration from Hellraiser. Okay, like that makes sense. This then. is and well, because there's some you know that's kind of the theme, right? Yeah. 
Honestly, Hell like Pinhead could have showed up in this movie, and I would have been like, Easily. fair, fair. He actually, this could have been a really dope origin story <laughs> if we didn't already have one in Hellraiser two for Pinhead. It wouldn't have made any sense because then we had to bring them and his whole thing. But just have to have a Sam Neil. Sam Neil be the Pinhead situation. Yeah, I like be... the last scene, all these nails <sighs> get driven into his head. So, <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk for a second because the movie is called Event Horizon. And that's the, the name of the ship that goes missing. But which you, is a dumb name for a ship. But do you but know ahead. what the Event Horizon is? No, tell me because I think thing. it's a dumb name for it's a, a ship. It's a science thing. So an Event Horizon is the speed that you would need to go to escape a black hole's gravitational pull. Why does it call the Event Horizon? That's just, it. So it's kind of like the name is symbolic for the journey beyond the borders of the known universe. And it kind of tells you the ending of the movie when the front of the ship has to escape the black hole. That sucks everything in at the end. Okay. I think I, I, yeah. think I follow that. It, I mean, it's a science term. It's all very math, a black hole. And, you know, a, a black hole eats matter. And you would need to go so much beyond... The speed okay, of light yeah. to escape the pull of the black hole. It's a whole thing. Okay. Yeah. I just thought that was um, kind of interesting. I've got an interesting uh, little... Typically, Josh is the one who talks all about the themes and, and underlying currents. So here's an interesting thing that I can't stop thinking about. My great-grandmother uh, lived through, you know, the whole century. Like 19... I think, you know, I think she was born in 1880-something. You know died in, I'm sorry 1870 something and died in 1980 and we'll you know we, you asked her the important question you know what's the greatest thing that happened in your lifetime answer indoor plumbing that my, my mom said she didn't even bat an eye but anyway my great-grandmother was very concerned when we started going into space like we weren't supposed to do that and all like bad shit started happening like which is not true obviously but in her kind of thing she said everything started to go to shit real fast when we went into space we shouldn't have done that and so it that was i kind of thought about that if this movie if they went beyond their limit and you know is that their punishment like no you're not supposed to go this far this is hell you no 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 like stay in your border Mm -hmm. you know uh, yeah, that's kind of where my mind was going, because it's, what is the toll of experiencing hell? What would that do to you? Yeah. Right? Like, of, of just not even, like, seeing it. Like, of of getting a glimpse into what that Well, right there, that's, that's trauma, right? Like, right. You know? All that trauma, all at once. It would shatter your mind. Absolutely. You wouldn't be able to handle it. And that's where we get the Lovecraftian type nonsense of, like... You know, mind melt, and and <laughs> so Sam Neil becomes the machine. They 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 merge and because it, he's the creator of it. And it happens in the moment whenever uh, Lawrence Fishburne's like, "We gotta, we got we're leaving. We're going home." Right. And Sam Neil's like, "I am home," and then just kind of disappears into the show. Oh yeah, yeah, that and was creepy. Like, yeah, Sam Neil. Uh, <laughs> I always forget that Sam Neil has an accent, and so whenever because it, it it's so very. It's just Sam Neill, you know? Yeah. And so when you, whenever I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's not from... Huh? Yeah. yeah. Everyone always thinks he's Australian. He's, he's from New Zealand, yeah, isn't he? he's a Kiwi. He's a... Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. He's, he's a, a Kiwi. Yeah. 
so furthering going down the Lovecraft rabbit hole situation here um, beyond that it's also this movie deals with what's the toll of man's curiosity and what damage can we do to ourselves with science yeah right like that's that was a reoccurring theme that we've seen in Lovecraft is that's like, the you know and that's kind of the the Curie thing right you know the Marie Curie discovered this insane powerful element that can do so much and can be used and it killed her she died of her own discovery right mm-hmm. you know who nobody wants that yeah let's let's talk for a second about the design of this movie we talked it was hellraiser inspired they Mm -hmm. did some you know i guess they got some stuff from clive barker some ideas and whatnot but the event horizon itself like the outside of the ship and the interior was modeled on the cathedral in france in paris the notre dame the notre dame like it's Mm. designed to have that gothic cathedral look i think yeah, uh, I th- I, and that can kind of be seen in, you know, whenever you picture, like, space movies, they always have, you always can kind of see the ribs of the, you know, braces in the rooms. Does that make sense? And uh, in this movie, everything was very rounded off. Mm-hmm. And it, there were archways and stuff, so I, I can see that. Okay. Like, it it was, like, brick. Like, the medical base seemed like it was made out of brick. <laughs> Yeah, it did, I've didn't it? Never and they, seen well, no, because they were you know a space at the movie end that looks like brick. Yeah, but at the end, like you saw, they were like drawers. Mm-hmm. But it did, it did give off kind of like a subway tile effect. Yeah, um, and they also used the works of Hieronymus Bosch and his depictions of hell. Unfamiliar for the design. He was a, um, I want to say Middle Ages, I think it was the Middle Ages painter, who did these insane dark fucking paintings that were like you guys want to see what hell looks like people were like jesus fucking christ man like (laughs) wow so yeah i'm gonna look that up later hieronymus bosch i'm sure i've seen them i just don't know the names because i am a plebeian idiot yeah i guarantee you've seen some of this stuff that's a thing also with the design of the movie so the rotating corridor they called it the meat grinder remember yeah when you go back to where the thing is Mm -hmm. and it's spinning it's uh, yeah that's Part of what I meant, like, you know, that yeah. rounded off. It separates the gravity <clears throat> drive. Yep. It's designed with, um, to represent the nine circles of hell from Dante's Inferno. So at the end, he has to, uh, well, they have to go through and hit, like, the self-destruct button all through, all, all the way down. And there were nine yep. points. Yeah. Interesting. And okay. I believe there were nine of the spinny grinder things too. So you're probably going, you're going through, and then also nine is like the 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 number for hell, right? There's like nine supposed layers of hell, and the ship was gone for seven years, and seven is the number for heaven. Hmm. So, what is the? Hmm. I only know the Dante line because of uh, seven. Hmm. And Andrew Kevin Walker, who at seven, did an uncredited rewrite of this movie. What is it? Long is the road out of hell. That long is the road that oh. out of hell leads to light, or whatever. Yeah. So it's the idea it's from of the like inferno. you go through hell, and to then get... seven years brings you out of hell. Yeah. Back into the light. Back in back to, yeah, huh? Uh, okay. So it's this, a very this movie's very hidden. religious. Yeah. 
Like, the design is very religious. There's, mm-hmm. like, crosses hidden in the design of the movie, if you look closely at a we'll lot have to of watch it again. corridors and stuff. It's... Which I would do, by the way. I would end. I would watch this again. I think this is a pretty solid movie. I think the teenager would like it. I think this movie would destroy your eleven-year-old. Yeah. Up forever. Well, yes, yes, it would. So that's why yeah. I said not with him. Uh, <laughs> Let's uh, let me throw some trivia at you real fast, and then we'll get into some Arkoff, and then we'll. It's the end of the month, count bud. These we, down, yeah, we got to we'll, count them down. Then we'll sign off for the month. Uh, so quick trivia, just a couple things. So the original cut of the film was 130 minutes, and it was so graphically violent that they cut the 30 minutes out. And I couldn't. We talked remember. about this at the front, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I couldn't remember in the front. I believe whether the the it, the, the violent footage was lost or it, apparently it's gone. Like okay. It, the tape that still had it is deteriorated and it can't be used, which bums me the fuck out. Yeah, I was very concerned that, because Josh is the king of you watch the director's cut, because that's the original vision, and I was very worried that we were going to do that. Most times. Sometimes the director's cut's actually worse. Looking at you, Michael Mann. The the opening rotational shot of the space station, when they pull out over the earth and they do the spinning thing to interview Sam Neill, that shot... like an apartment complex. That shot was a third... Of the film's effects budget. It was memorable and it was really cool. Yeah, but it was and a it's, third of the film's effects well, budget. Well, like visual, so visual effects. And it was budget, 45 but, seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, Scott Glenn Scott Glenn and Bill Pullman were actually turned yeah. down the role of Dr. William Weir. Of I can Park. see a, Yeah, I can see Pullman doing this one. Um, yeah, but it would have to be Lost Highway, Bill Pullman. It was right around the same time as Lost Highway. <laughs> So, fuck yeah. Uh, Sam Neill requested that the Union Jack on his Australian flag patch uh, be replaced with an Aboriginal flag because he thought... That's what it would be in the future. Yeah. Eventually they would throw it off and accept, like, their Aboriginal history. It would be nice. And Sam Neill spent seven to eight hours in makeup for his final scenes in the film when he's all... Ugh. When he's all pinheaded on it, literally. He's He's skinned. He's very pinheady in this movie. Yeah, he's he's skinned. So uh, if we follow the Arkov method, uh, the uh, acronym based on the famous producer for a great movie, action, tons of action. This movie is very action-based. Revolutionary. Hmm. Is it revolutionary? Is it? Because it it's kind of an amalgam of I, I other would, movies. I mean, it has a feeling like Alien, mm, in that it is, a, yes. it is a haunted house in space film. But the idea of like a gravity drive and going to hell and all, I would say that's pretty, I can't <sighs> I think, think of that's another debatable. movie that did that. Well, Hellraiser. But well, not like a Gravitron or whatever, but, you know, uh, killing, tons of killing. Uh, and oratory. Where we're yeah. going, we don't need eyes. <laughs> we don't need eyes. Fantasy, absolutely. Fornication. Well, yes, unfortunately there was. I I would say when you said fantasy, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God this isn't real. So the fornication, uh, the captain's log, <laughs> is basically like a, a CD of a video of him like, it, it's not a captain's log, but anyway. And the last entry, there's it's 
they've gone crazy and they're like eating each other and there are people fucking in the background and yeah. it's all and everyone's naked and there's it's gross spoiler alert that's most of what was cut in that 30 minutes Ugh. like there you can kind of see a little bit of it but i guess in the original cut uh a man ran his own hand down his throat and pulled his own stomach out there you go and it was gonna be uh, apparently looked very real I'm feeling sick just thinking about that. Uh, I wish I could have seen it. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Okay, are we ready to do the countdown, or do you have more well, interesting say, factoids just, about Event Horizon? Yes, this movie passed the alcohol formula. Yes. Yes, I fucking really enjoy this movie. And yes, thank you, Shout Factory, for giving us this Blu-ray. It was great. It was great. All I right. I the shit out of this replay. Refresh my memory. What movies have we watched this month? <laughs> we did In the Mouth of Madness. Prince of Darkness, Dark City, X, The Man with X-Ray Eyes, and Event Horizon. There were five this month. Which ones did I miss? Event Horizon, In the Mouth of Madness, Dark City, X. And which one am I missing? Um, Prince of Darkness? Prince of, yeah. Prince of Darkness. So what is your number five? X. I didn't really, I thought that was weird. I didn't, eh, eh, whatever. Um... It's my number five, too, and not because I apparently was underwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it. I just felt like I wanted the whole movie to be like the ending. Okay. Like, I was like, oh, man, the ending's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you, yeah. Yeah. You wanted the whole thing to kind of have that preachy, rip your own eye out feel. I enjoyed, I mean, I honestly enjoyed the movie, and I think it will be the movie out of all these that I'll go back and rewatch the soonest. Really? Because I'm kind of really interested to watch it again now that we've kind with of a fresh set of eyes. It. Pun intended. Um, yeah. My three and four are kind of interchangeable between Mouth of Madness and Prince of Darkness. I, you know, like, eh, they're they're kind of. I don't know which one I would place on top of the other, as far as you know, in ranking. And then my number two is Dark City. Uh, okay. My number one is Event Horizon. What about you? Four was Dark City. Really? Yeah, I enjoy it. I really enjoy the design. Mm-hmm. I feel like the movie kind of falls apart at the end. More's the yeah, pity. Yeah, right. Like after you can see they like ran out of money. Like oh, we gotta wrap this no, up. I don't think it's a problem of running out of money. I think the problem is once they burst through the wall and you realize you're in space and it's a whole thing. It just turns into a weird like yeah. telekinesis telepathy. But yeah, fight. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Um, I liked it. Three. Event Horizon. Ooh, okay. I think I know where you're going. I enjoyed Event Horizon. But not as much as. However, none of the three films that I've mentioned have been made by John Carpenter. There it is. Um, Two, Prince of Darkness. Okay. Prince of Darkness is a good-ass time. Like I said, it's the movie that I associate with Jason Jones in my head, Mm -hmm. which makes me like it even more. But... In the Mouth of Madness is so fucking good. That's your number one. So many layers, and it's so meta and crazy. Hmm. <coughs> That's and your number I one. Enjoy it. Yep, it's my number one. You love you some John Carpenter, and I love In the Mouth of Madness. I I still hold. It's definitely not his best movie, but it is the movie that he made that scares me the most. Okay, so what are we doing next month? Next month is May. It's um, gonna be May. Ugh. Um, we are transitioning into, I've been trying to like keep a through line from one month to another and 
<laughs> we're we're watching 1981's Possession. Possession. But what's the Possession. theme? It's a surprise. You gotta figure it out. Uh, okay. So, I know if you've... <laughs> we'll talk about it more next week, but okay. Possession is... I'm staring. I wrote it down. I'm staring at it. Possession okay. is crazy. Great. Well then, join us next week. Mind the doors. <laughs>